podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Would you like to learn how to do more of what you love and less of what weighs you down? Would you like to think differently, listen differently, communicate differently, behave differently, overcome habits that hold you back? Change the thought, change the behavior, change the outcome. Valeria interviews Helen Hoyt. She started her coaching journey in 2016 after going to London on an NLP and coaching weekend. She was hooked. Since then, Helen has qualified as a certified coach and she is a member of the Association for Coaching. She has been running her coaching practice alongside her teaching roles for just over two years. Helen draws on her experience and knowledge of physical, mental, and spiritual well being and brings it into her coaching practice. Some of Helen's current particular areas of interest are human behavior, self-care, mental and physical health, happiness, imposter syndrome, overcoming fear and conquering challenges, building self-esteem and confidence, working creatively, business development, communication skills, and relationships. She recognizes that the quality of the relationship between coach and client is the foundation for successful outcomes. Helen is currently studying therapeutic counseling to complement her coaching practice. Previously, she began her career in the health and well-being sector as a fitness instructor in her mid-20s. In 2011, she started a well-being business, selling naturally sourced aromatherapy toiletries, candles, and offering massage and aromatherapy treatments. In June 2015, Helen was lucky enough to become a freelance tutor for Holistic Therapies Training Academy working as part of a team of tutors and covering the Southwest Devon area, she is responsible for teaching a wide range of complementary therapy and well-being courses and workshops, including stress management and coaching courses. Meet Helen at coachingtorbay.co.uk. Here is the interview with Helen Hoyt. In your own words, who is Helen Hoyt? I am a mother, wife, businesswoman, entrepreneur, and truth seeker, I guess. That kind of covers covers it all. My my main roles and responsibilities. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm wondering when you say true seeker, what are you seeking? That's a really good question. (laughs) I love to grow as a person and find answers to many questions that I have about myself, particularly around human behavior, um, what makes people do what they do, 
human drivers, you know, why one person might be just really happy to be stacking shelves in the in the corner shop and other people are driven to be multimillionaires and other people like to live in the forest and have no cares and responsibilities. Just what what drives all of these behaviors, I guess, really? And how can I, the biggest thing for me really is how can I fulfill my own potential while I'm, while I'm here on this planet in order, but in order to be able to help other people to do the same? I'm wondering if you found some answers to your questions on human behavior. Yeah, I have. And I guess it, it starts with my own behavior, kind of really examining uh, myself my parents, my grandparents, I've done a lot of work in and research um, in generational trauma and how that gets passed down throughout the generations. Um, and I've done a lot of um, I've over the since I started training to be a coach, qualified as a coach, training to be a therapeutic counselor, and in all my years of experience working as a complementary therapist and a teacher, um, I'm constantly examining myself, my own behaviors, and looking at the impact of that behavior, um, I guess, on other people um, and how we interact, how we have relationships, what those relationships mean, what is actual true happiness, right. the impact of Gratitude and kindness. Um, the list just goes on. <laughs> right. It's just endless, yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Before I ask you specific questions about the topic of poverty mindset and self-belief, I have these other questions in addition to the ones I already asked related to life itself in general. So I guess the another question I want to ask you is this one. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I just love the word love has just come into my head. Yeah. Love, family, growth, experience. I hate to see people going round and round in circles making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah. I like um so that, you know, uh growth. Family is, you know, the most important thing to me anyway. And I guess that from an animalistic point of view, that that's our point here on planet earth is to is to um keep human human race going by um having children and keeping it going but well that's a big question though what is the point i'm not sure i guess that's what i'm still trying to find out i often ask the question what is love so i'll ask that question to you what is love to you helen i think it's unity or I all human beings I was I I was talking about relationships yesterday and about how you could have uh, a relationship was balanced equal where there was trust forgiveness teamwork collaboration honesty and I guess all of those things encapsulate what love is as as well and I know love is different I I ask that question to myself all the time what is love I think it's appreciation and gratitude for another human being and a feeling of uh, gratefulness but you can also feel love 
and happiness when you've done something that you've really enjoyed. That makes you feel love and appreciation for things around you as well. So in some respects, it's almost a mindset, I think. Yeah, a way. Because I I wonder if you can choose to be a particular way because we have we have the power to to choose don't we and we have the power to make different decisions what would you say to those who believe quite the opposite that they don't have a choice and that's the reason why they act the way they do i would say that they may need love themselves <laughs> yeah and humans behave in a particular way for a reason they don't behave Uh, in any way without good cause or reason so it's finding out what that what the root cause of that is and that's what I like to do in my work to get to the get to the root cause of something and it's all about raising raising our awareness raising our understanding about ourselves and our behaviors and about other people in order for us to be able to change the way we think and change the way we feel to be to be able to to thrive in a positive way and not um not allow those negative experiences to bring us down and ruin our lives let me ask a question related to self-love because from my experience it has everything to do with that initial step into healing and awareness which has to do with self-knowledge so do you believe in unconditional self-love I believe that you might be able to get close to it. I believe that trauma and I, I I haven't experienced that completely myself yet, but I'm working on it. It's part of the journey. I'm a long way to accepting myself and loving myself in a way that I never have before. But I'm not, I'm not sure if I would say unconditionally just yet. I don't know because... Those core beliefs are always there, under bubbling underneath the surface, and I don't know whether they will let they ever go or whether you just learn to live with them and and accept them. But I certainly accept myself and don't beat myself up in ways that I used to. And I I now try and take what I perceive to be um, unpleasant or negative experiences and learn from those experiences, reflect on those experiences and then see how I can be a better person or see how I can change those going forward using what I've learned in those experiences. Does that make sense? Yes, very much. And I love the way you connected self-love, self-knowledge to self-acceptance. You use that word acceptance, right? Yeah, I was just thinking about beliefs and how they guide us. They're so powerful. And one of the things that I come to understand is that about beliefs, that there is someone holding on to them. So it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. There is a sense of somebody holding on to those ideas and concepts. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So I think that the question might be, you know, who is holding on to these beliefs and can you just release them? Now oh, that would be lovely if it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. It seems simple, right, Helen? Very simple. <laughs> well, not easy. Yeah, I, th- I 
I think probably they can. You 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 can get to that point. Um, and it, I, I believe that it is, it is around acceptance and being okay with every single part of you. Right. You know, the good bits, the bad bits, the warts, the lovely bits. Um, and and just accepting that you're just, you're human and it's okay to be that way. Um, and I guess one of the biggest things uh, I know from my own experience and with doing the work with my clients is that fear of judgment. And I wonder who is um, actually judging us. Is it ourselves or is it is it other people? And are they even judging us or are they just judging themselves? So um, it's letting go of that, isn't it? And just yeah. and that's where the unconditional love comes from. We can. It's easy to have it for other people, but I wonder why we find it so difficult to have it for ourselves. And I and I know not everybody does, and that's varying degrees from person to person. Um, I I say I'm quite close. I'm get, I'm really, yeah, I'm really getting getting there. You know, self actualization, but that's through lots and lots of therapy myself, and lots and lots of self work and reflection, um, and and healing as well. Healing experiences, cathartic experiences. We are students and also teachers of life in a natural way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, heal thyself and then heal others. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. The wounded, the wounded healer. What is your understanding and idea of physical death? Uh, death isn't something that I've really, um, a place that I really like to go to or really think about. At the moment, it scares me. I want to live a very long, happy and healthy life. I always say to my children, I'm I'm not going to die till I'm 100. That's kind of what I've got in my head. So, yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing, if it, if it wasn't for my children or my family, I think I'd probably be okay with death. But it's really the thought of leaving them behind. You know, that's that's the upsetting or the devastating part. And I'm sure that's the same for everybody. What makes you comfortable with this idea of losing the body? Um, I like the idea that I will go back into the soil, back into the earth, and be regenerated as part of the earth, be recycled as nature intended. So in that respect, I kind of believe that I will live on in that way somehow. Just contribute, yeah. contribute to the earth, contribute to nature, contribute to evolution. What do you love most about being a woman? I like the fact that I can multitask. I like the fact that I'm very nurturing. And in, mod, in our modern day life, I guess I get the best of both worlds. I can be a mom, I can be a wife, I can be a businesswoman. I have choice. I have variety. I have freedom. I'm not restricted in any way, but I, I make my life that way because I want it to be that way as well. And I would, I know you, you might ask me what I don't like about being a woman. <laughs> tell you. Yeah. But I, I think still given the choice, I still think I'd rather be a woman. Yeah. Do you think that women face certain challenges more than men or have you faced any challenges as a woman? Yes, 
I think there's a flip side to everything and there's a flip side to everything that I just said. So there's the flip side being that we can easily become overloaded. Uh, we juggle many balls in the air. Um, we have a female reproductive system and female cycle to contend with. And I myself am perimenopausal and um, have some health issues around that. So um, obviously then there's being pregnant, giving birth and doing raising children. So although it's nice to be able to multitask and have that variety and have that freedom, mm. um, on the flip side of that, there also comes pressure and stress and pain. <laughs> so I guess it's uh, finding mm. the balance, like everything in life. Yeah, finding, that's true. Finding the balance. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? A unity, understanding. Um, I think it's we're living in a crazy, crazy world right now. And education, don't even get me started on the educational system. Uh, again, knowledge from a young age about what's, what's really important in life to teach children what's important so that they come out of education with some idea of what their priorities are so they have a sense of direction of where they're going and of course we need money because we need security but that it we seem to have backed ourselves into a corner as a human race whereby money is the main driver for everything but that of course means that people make the wrong decisions for the wrong reasons and are driven by greed and panic and fear and uh, I, don't, I don't think that that's the right way to be going that kind of needs to change I'm not quite sure so um, unity education and knowledge solidarity all the positive feelings and emotions of the of, of the negative ones I just said again so you know it's that flip side that balance I'm not quite sure where we're going or how it's all going to end up but I'm sure we'll find out. Mm. What, where, and who is God to you? What? Okay, so what God is, God is the universe to me. God is, God is our planet. Um, I don't actually believe in God per se, but I believe that there is something out there greater than just me. I believe in mother nature. I believe in, um, just that we are all connected, I guess. And even though I might not be able to see something, that doesn't mean that it's not there because I may be able to feel it. So um, I believe that I have, I have a faith, I have a spiritual faith that there is something connecting all of us, whether that might just be energy, I'm not sure, love. But I, I, I believe in nature, I believe in evolution, I believe in the universe. And I believe, and that, and and that's around me. And I, you know, I do, um, I I do pray sometimes when I need to. But you know, I'm kind of always. It's all almost like there's somebody by my side on my shoulder. But I couldn't necessarily tell you who that was. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the inspiration to becoming a coach and holistic therapist? You might have been already talking about that, but I would like to hear specifically the inspiration for those choices. Okay. Um, 
Well, I trained to be an aromatherapist in around 2008. And that was really because um, I, I was working as a civil servant and my children were young and I'd given up my job um, to become a full-time mum. And I just wanted a change in career. And I have, since the year dot, since I can remember, always been interested in uh, natural alternative health and well-being. I trained as a fitness instructor in my early 20s and essential oils and aromatherapy had really been a hobby. So Mm, I was just taking really what was a hobby and turning that into a job. Um, So I trained as an an aromatherapist and started seeing um, clients. And then shortly after that, I went into business with my husband and we set up a complementary therapy centre in our um, in our town and I went on to train in over 25 different modalities of complementary health and well-being and then trained to become a teacher so I could teach and so that that was my journey really with the complementary complementary therapies um the coaching um well my my husband trained to become a counsellor about four years ago and I saw his journey and he inspired me really. And it was almost a jump from the physical body to the psychological and joining the two together. Yeah. Unfortunately, my sister-in-law passed away about six years ago as well. And I didn't deal with that very well. I was anxious and having lots of panic attacks. And going, I went to London to do the, the coaching course and that was a pivotal point in my life really to rediscovering who I was and gaining my confidence back. Um, and yeah, and that was in, uh, that was in 2017, 2018. So not that long ago. Um, so I've been running my coaching practice for about two years and, um, yeah, and I'll be qualified as a counselor next June. So I'm halfway through my counselling training now. So I really love it because um, it ties everything up together that I've done, the mind, the body and the spirit. So let's talk about poverty mindset and self-belief. What is to have a poverty mindset? Okay, well, I I think a poverty mindset is a belief that we have about ourselves, that we are stuck in a certain position or we can't do anything to change the life that we have. Um, That can also be called a fixed mindset. But And I think there's similarities between the two, but a poverty mindset can literally be born out of the fact that you come from poverty. So for me, um, I was part of a single parent family brought up by my mum, had no brothers and sisters. And um, there was barely ever any money any food in the cupboard any food in the fridge everything was that was bought was second hand and um my mum used to have to take out a loan every christmas to be able to buy me christmas presents and um so i think that behavior and again it behavior that kind of sticks with you and affects your relationship with money and it affects your self-worth and how you think about yourself my next question is about how do we recognize this kind of mindset in ourselves? 
Well, it comes back to awareness, I guess. Um, and that can only come about through education or talking therapies, learning, um, self-development. For me, when I, even though I, I was, have always been really, really determined and always strived for a better life for myself, I still didn't realize until I trained to become a coach how much my limiting beliefs were holding me back about myself and my relationship with money and how I believed that I was not worthy to have money or I was not worthy to be successful as a person. And it kind of hit me in the middle of a um, class session, just like a bolt of lightning. I, mm. I can still remember it now. I just kind of had this sudden realization. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I, I don't have to be this way. I, 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 I have just as much right as anybody else to be successful and help other people. And, um, and I, you know, I do deserve to have money and that's OK. It doesn't make me a bad person to, to want to have money and have security and make a better life for myself and my children. Um, and yeah, it, I, it just really hit me out of the blue. So I think education is really important and it does come down to awareness. How you go about raising that awareness? Well, I guess it's like it's through having these conversations, right. you know, coaching conversations, counselling conversations, learning in the classroom or, or just maybe a, a deep desire to want to know. Mm, yeah. And I think that's what I had. Yeah. A deep yeah, a deep desire to want to know, to find out answers. And that's what I've been doing. I'm wondering how the subconscious is connected to limiting beliefs. How do we access those? Because subconscious, it's much more subtle. So what would you recommend? Your coaching sessions would help or would you recommend hypnotherapy or some other kind of deeper kind of therapy? Well, that's interesting. I'm I'm very interested in hypnotherapy, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, neuroplasticity, re, just rewiring the brain, changing changing behaviors. Um, I'm a big fan of cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. I have had success at changing the way that I think and um, the way that I behave through therapy, and um, I know other people who've had success through hypnotherapy, but I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think it's different for everybody and you have to find the thing that's going to work for you. True. Um, and and it and it's not a it's not something that can happen overnight. If you I particularly if core beliefs have, have been put in place before the age of five, they're pretty difficult to shift. Um, and, you know, it, you have to be prepared to put the work in. That's that's the point of it. Be, and know that we have to take responsibility for ourselves. Um, nobody else is going to do it for us. But change is possible if you just have the right support and the conditions are right. I'm a big fan of anything is possible if the conditions are just right. So find the right conditions and you can absolutely achieve anything. So true. Making that choice to want to know that's so important. You have to. It has to be your own journey. It has to be your own path. I don't think you can force anybody to do anything. Um, 
people have got to want that change, haven't they? For you, Helen, what healing method has worked more effectively? I would love to know that. Okay, so um, I'm a Reiki master, so I, I use Reiki a lot. I use energy work uh, for stress management as well, meditation, visualization, and talking therapies. I like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it too. <laughs> talking, right? Um, the best way for me to be able to process the thoughts that are going through my head is by verbalizing them and also journaling as well. Journaling is really good. Yeah, so it's a combination of all of those things. The healing method for each one of us might be the same way that those wounds were created. I think I think through talking therapies, it helps you to process stuff that's not being processed from a young age. Yeah. But not only, obviously, our subconscious is 95% of our brain, our conscious is only 5% of it. So um, through through talking, we can process the stuff that's going on in our brain. But of course, we have that strong link with our feelings. And on a cellular level, I believe we hold on to things physically as well. So it's um, bringing stuff up and, and processing it through talking therapies but also those somatic, physical healing um, interventions like massage, Reiki, reflexology, they can also help to bring things to the surface as well because different people will hold on to things in different ways. But knowing that the mind and the thought is so closely connected to the gut and the feeling, you know, through the vagus nerve as well, um, yeah, and, and again, it it depends on what kind of person you are, what's going to work for you. Are, you know, are you a thinker, a feeler, a sensor? Right. So it just depends. It's different for everybody. I think it's important to remember people have to find the thing that works for them. True, and that's why so many people, when they have this urge to change, to find out what is happening in their lives that's holding them back, they try different methods, lots of different ones. Yeah. And it's very much a case of trial and error. And I think, um, and this is, you know, part of the coaching is some, not all, but some people or we, you know, do tend to give up quite easily at the first or second or third hurdle. But it's that perseverance that is the key. Perseverance and consistency. Never give up. Just keep trying different things until you find the thing that works for you, um, no matter how long that takes, really. Uh, topic that comes to mind is this relationship between happiness, joy, per se, um, inner peace, contentment, satisfaction. Would the states of mind be a sign of healing that we are there, perhaps healed? Yeah, I think so. I do think so, because I think as well, through awareness, we can find out well, for example, I've been teaching today and um, I came away from the, from teaching today not feeling that it had gone very well. And I, I was reflecting on why I thought that it might not have gone very well and what I could do differently next time. But I noticed because I was feeling a little bit down about the day, I noticed straight away how my thoughts had changed. Whereas yesterday, I was feeling really, really, really happy. And um, everything was brilliant with the world and 
sunshine and and laughter and all wonderful. So there is definitely that connection between uh, feeling and thought and how your feelings can drag your thoughts down. But once you have that level of awareness to know that just through a negative experience or a perceived negative experience that you've had, that might alter your how, how you think and how you feel, you can very quickly put that to bed and get back to where you were before. And that's all part of the healing process. I'm not sure if that just made any sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to, did that make sense? You sent me the material, the, the article um, that mentioned working smarter and not harder. So talk to me a bit about that. Um, well, I think this is through my own personal experience and experience with my clients as well. Um, people with limiting beliefs about themselves who don't realize they have those limiting beliefs will quite often um, have self-sabotaging behaviors or want to beat themselves up for not being good enough. Um, and once they realize why they're doing that and that they can change those behaviors, it is easier. It's about knowing that you are worthy and once, I guess it, it, it comes back to awareness again. It's about understanding your behaviors and why you're doing what you're doing. Are you trying to get validation, appreciation, um, a feeling of love from other people? Once you realize why you behave in that way, all those behaviors are not important anymore. And actually, you can just focus on your own journey, your own rhythm, do what you really love um, without fear of judgment and just be okay that you can accept that that's good enough. Um, and that nothing can stand in your way of achieving success or achieving what you want to achieve because you have just as much right to to follow your dreams and follow your goals as anybody else does. Um, and, you know, those behaviours, those, those negative, unhelpful behaviours just aren't in the way anymore. Um, and, and then so that way I think you can work smarter, not harder. Because you otherwise, with the limiting beliefs there in the way, you could be constantly running up a, a mountain and never reaching the top. And you talk about the qualities of people who have the, uh, you call growth mindset. They are positive and they are able to see the possibilities in everything. And they, they are grateful. That's another word you use. Would you like to talk a bit more about some other qualities of the uh, growth mindset? Yeah, um, I think actually a good example is COVID um, because some people have thrived in COVID and some people have not at all. Now, obviously, that's a very sensitive subject and there's lots of gray area and lots of in-betweens, but the mindset does come into this because um, it's about having resilience and um, know and trusting in yourself, trusting in your own ability, trusting trusting that you are supported no matter what you do, um, and seeing the opportunities, not seeing the dangers, um, 
grasping every single opportunity with both hands and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone as well and uh, fear not letting fear get in the way I mean fear fear is a big thing isn't it um you know there's lots of lots of very very frightened people but fear holds you in one place um it stops you from growing it keeps you stuck it stops you from moving forward and if we can't move forward then we can't grow and develop mm. um and from my own experience, it's transmuting and transforming fear into creativity. That's my big secret <laughs> to uh, overcome and live in this with fear. Yeah, and trusting and trusting in yourself, trusting that you are enough and being mindful, just being mindful and human and in the moment and and brave and courageous, which is which is a which is being part of a human being, we need to, you know, let those attributes shine through, really. You say, live the life you want without doubt, without fear, without judgment in everything. Live your life for you, not for anyone else. Don't be afraid. So that's a powerful message, which kind of um, sums up in a way, I know we talked about so many other things, deep things, but this is uh, the basis to me. Just don't be afraid. I know uh, we might think that this is easy or simple to just say it, but if we really understand what fear is, then it's easy to dance with it, as I call it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I got quite emotional when you said that, and I'm really, because that... <sighs> It's very, it's very powerful. And I think if you can just live your life for you and be on your own path, then you're halfway there. Right. But when you try to live your life for other people, you will not get to where you need to go. So I have a few more questions, but before I ask them, would you like to add anything? I think just one more thing to that last sentence that I, it's, I know that it's not easy to live your life for you. And again, that does come down to beliefs and how you've been brought up. Um, and it depends on, you know, lots and lots of different things, your friends, your family, your parents, your upbringing, your schooling. Um, and some people may feel that it's impossible to break free um, and live the life, their life for them. But um, it's not impossible. Um, and you can absolutely do it. You just need to find the way. Mm. So a few more questions. I have to ask you this one. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful? The first word that comes into my mind is balance, um, because I can't be successful in my work if I'm neglecting or not spending time with my children or my husband. So, And I can't be successful in my work if I'm spending all of my time with them and not working. So so balance for me is really important, is key. Um, my health is really important to me. So my health and well-being, if I have my health, then um, I feel partly successful. I mean, yeah, it, success is partly driven by money, but that's just to be able to have um, a decent life and to give my children a decent life, 
not the same as the one that I had when I was growing up. And I think that's also driven by fear of fear of scarcity, I suppose, because that's where I came from. So security is important to me. Um, so my success is partly driven by me wanting to have a successful business, but in the right way, mm, in, a, yeah. in a meaningful and a purposeful way that fulfills me and somewhere I can feel that I'm making a difference in other people's lives as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so business, family, health, they're all important to me in, in being successful. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? <sighs> That's a really hard question. I guess I may need to, um, I don't know, tell spend some time with my mom and um, and kind of just tell her how much I love her and how much I, you know, I understand about how difficult things were for her. And um, just, yeah, just kind of make sure that she knows that. Mm. That's probably the only thing. That's interesting that she came to mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I'm I have a really good relationship with my husband and I'm really close to my children. Um, but my relationship with my mum has been challenging at times. So yeah, probably would like to just make sure that that was okay. Mm. I mean it is okay, but yeah, I, I just want to tell her. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? For sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Well, I know that I'm doing this interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Um, I know that I'm writing uh, an assignment tomorrow. <laughs> and, um I know that my husband's waiting for me downstairs so that we can watch some TV together. Right. And those are all things that I know for sure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go any further beyond that at the moment. I'm literally just taking one day at a time. Thank you so much for this healing conversation. I love your presence. It's very light and very genuine. Thank you. Thank you for being you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And I do have one more last question, but this is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Okay, so um, my current website is www.coachingtorbay.co.uk. Um, that's www.coachingtorbay.co.uk. Um, and but my husband and I are currently in the in the throes of um, setting up a new arm of the business, which is going to be called Innate Wellbeing, and we'll be running personal development workshops and courses together. Um, but we're that's uh, we're in in the developmental stages of that, and we're having a new website built for that. Um, so there's more coming in the pipeline, but. For the time being, if you need to reach me, you can do through my website. Thank you so much again, Helen, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Helen Hoyt and her work, please visit coachingtorbay.co.uk. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Bye.